Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Love Talk Live. I'm your host, Jamie Brownstein, and today I have with me Danny DiCrescenzo. It's a mouthful. <laughs> you got it right. Welcome. Uh, it's nice to see you again, Jamie. It's, it's, it's interesting that I actually interviewed you first. Yes, I was on your radio show. We, I think we recorded a few months ago, like December, yes. maybe November. Yeah. yeah, you guys, this guy is so beyond his years he's so <laughs> talented he is a radio show host and so much more and i just was so impressed by your interviewing skills and just what you've done in your 20 something years so i was like <laughs> i gotta interview this guy yeah almost 21 uh 21 on february 15th so the day after valentine's day which is also national singles day but i will fingers crossed not be celebrating that this year and you'll be able to drink. Uh, yeah, that too. Okay. So I'm going to read to you guys Danny's bio, which is, sorry, just got to bring that up one second. Danny, if you could just, I got to bring up your bio. If you could just tell them a little bit about yourself while I bring this up, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, sure. So I'm I'm almost 21 years old. I'm from uh, Lincroft, New Jersey. It's right on the Jersey Shore. I'm the oldest of three brothers, and I go to Hofstra University in Long Island, New York, and I study radio with minors in political science and creative writing. And I've always been interested in being a communicator, being a speaker, but it wasn't until I got to college that I was really interested in broadcasting. I joined the radio station, 88.7 FM WRHU, a four-time Marconi award-winning radio station, and I ran the morning show for the station. That's where I had Jamie on, and now I'm the program director of talk at the station. So I'm in charge of all talk programming. And I'm also a weekend broadcaster for WABC in New York City. So I read the news updates at the top of every hour for them. So I've I've had a lot of fun being on the air, being on the microphone, talking to people, getting to interview people. I've done over 100 interviews with people the likes of Jamie, you know, all over the spectrum, whether it's a politician or an influencer or in Jamie's case, a relationship expert. And I love the intimacy of interviews because I really like to find not only commonalities between me and the subject, but also I like, I enjoy the conversations, not only about the serious stuff, but also the fun stuff that can come out of it too. Well, you are just once again, as you guys can hear, I mean, you are so articulate, you are so <laughs> clear in, in your message and in, in, in your goals. And I mean, I just, I can't even imagine what is in store for you, but it's big. It's huge. So <laughs> I'm so it, Thank Okay. You. So now I'm going to read your bio. I'm sorry. I lost it right before the show. Here it is. <laughs> okay. So, and I love how he typed out De Crescenzo because it is a mouthful. Danny De Crescenzo is a junior at Hofstra University located in Hempstead, New York. 
admitted to Hofstra as a trustee scholar. Danny attends a full tuition scholarship. Go you. He's studying <laughs> radio at the Lawrence Hubert, Herbert School of Communication and minoring in creative writing and political science. At 88.7 FM, WRHU, Hofstra's, like you said, four-time Marconi. Marconi. Marconi award-winning yeah. radio station. Danny sits in the executive board as the program director of talk. Amazing. Last he served as the director of the morning wake-up call, the station's two-hour morning drive talk show. Amazing. Danny has also appeared on Hofstra's student-run TV network. Most recently, he has a he's been a national anchor on their election night broadcast. Outside of school, like you said, you work in commercial radio at WABC in New York as the weekend news anchor. Incredible. Danny is a proud New Jersey native, and as you said, he's um, he said, that's where you're from. You have three brothers, the oldest, and you and Danny enjoys playing basketball, listening to podcasts, and writing poetry. His birthday is February 15th, and like he just said, um, he hopes he's not going to be single for his birthday this year. Yes. So um, I I thought it would be great to talk about some topics surrounding how we've changed how how you how you view from your point of view from your perspective your age and you're um you're part of the gen z or gen no. z gen okay. z so you're gen z if you're outside of the states gen z so <laughs> i want to know like from your point of view it's so fascinating in your age and your life experience what is your relationship advice well it's interesting because a lot of people my age are really almost against commitment. I'm not going to try and lump everybody into that field, but there, are, there's a sizable school of thought that's, you know, especially when you're in college, don't get committed. Don't form these lasting bonds because you never know what can happen. And there's logic to that. And I tried that for a little while, but at the end of the day, I'm just not wired that way. I get attached and I take things very seriously when I'm with somebody because I want to respect them. I give them my time. I respect their time. So I guess, from my story is I kind of went from person to person. I was just trying things out. And then I ended up hanging out with my future girlfriend, Nicole, in that entirely same relationship structure. And we both realized we both like each other. We both don't want to act like we're just uh, just chilling as you know, the colloquialism is. We want to actually invest in each other and have a relationship. And that's what happened. So I would say figure out, know yourself. You know, are you somebody that really forms these bonds or are you somebody that can you know, do the friends with benefits thing. That's, I'm not going to say it's, you know, it's discredited. There's, there's some, some merit to not forming attachments when you know you can't, but just be honest with yourself, be honest with your partners and figure out what works for you. And if you are somebody that does form these bonds, don't shy away from that and don't try and rewire yourself because you won't. I'm sorry. I think that's such wonderful advice and insight. And I, I agree. I think people are either relationship people or they're not at any age. And I do think that, let's say we're talking about guys, I think that as guys get older, they might not be a relationship person when they're younger, and then they can become that. Um, but at the end of the day, you're, ta you're talking even like a little deeper about just this bonding and this desire to have someone to be in a relationship with. And I think people just either gravitate towards that more or they don't. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a, it's, it's not black and white. There's always a gradient, like all things in life. And I think you got to evaluate where you are in your journey and where the person is in their journey and then come to a conclusion that at the end of the day, both of you won't walk away heartbroken or disappointed. 
Yes. And one of the best things that you said was just really honor who you are. Don't try to be anyone else. Correct. And that's what I always say. <laughs> yeah. That's what you said when we did our little chat earlier in the year. Yeah. We, we probably talked about being your authentic self and everyone else has already been taken, meaning like just be yourself because yeah. trying to be someone else it takes too much effort anyway, right? It does. It's because you always try and live up to expectations and social media doesn't help with that. But beyond social media, there's always the expectation of your friends and your family and authority figures in your life and maybe your employer or people you just interact with on a daily basis. You always have to wade through that and say, what are the expectations for myself? And this is kind of a little ta uh, tangential thing, but I don't really do to-do lists. I do priority lists where things in my life have set priorities. Like, okay, I have to do X and Y, but I have to do X first. So X is higher on the priority list. So evaluate what you want to achieve in maybe your romantic relationships. Well, you know, I definitely want intimacy, but I also want to do, you know, X, Y, and Z with this other person. Well, intimacy has to be that top priority every time you can't compromise on your values and what you want out of a relationship. So it sounds like you're, you would be a big fan of having non-negotiables. Yeah, I think that's very true. And I think Open communication with that is key. Uh, I'll tell you a really good story about non-negotiables. My girlfriend, Nicole, and I are talking about our Valentine's Day plans. And we've already come to a pretty solid arrangement where I said, okay, you like to do DIY gifts. You know, a non-negotiable in our relationship is that we show each other affection through spending time or giving each other gifts. You know, we don't just ghost each other, whether it's through text or through activity with each other. So I said, you're the gift girl. You do the gift and then I'll take care of dinner. I'll pay for dinner. And I'll get you that book you've wanted. And we come to an agreement that that will satisfy both of us in celebrating that special day for us. Are you guys actually 47 years old? I don't understand. No, like, we are not. We're she and I are the same age. Well, no, I know. But this is like, <laughs> this is stuff that people in their 30s and 40s and 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s should be doing always. The fact that you guys are so young and you have a beautiful communication style ability is crazy it's so wonderful and i think it's we know each other so well i know if something's bothering her you know it's the classic it's the one word answers it's the very curt responses but it's never an example of oh something's wrong with her i'm not going to deal with her today it's never that it's all right come on nicole open up with me what's wrong we can we can have the conversation now and work it out or we can let this simmer and then it'll explode a week later. And typically I'm very good at being attuned to what she needs and she's very knowledgeable about what I need. And I think that comes with time, but it also comes with, you know, it started with a worry of like, okay, I don't want to lose this person because I really, really enjoy spending time with her, but it's, it's graduated into a, a genuine just attunement with each other's cycles and each other's emotions. And that's something that takes time to build. But once you've got it, that's where communication stems from. It's just intuition which is my favorite topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And honoring yourself and honoring each other and not, not judging, but just having compassion. Yeah. I'm using all of Jamie's buzzwords today. <laughs> I don't know who you are. I don't know where you came from, but <laughs> <laughs> have people told you that you're an old soul since you were young? Yes. Everyone always thinks I'm older. They're like, you're in college or you're only a junior. Everyone thinks I'm graduating, which I'm not. And everyone, I mean, sometimes, especially when I grow the stubble, People think I'm older. Uh, you know, it's the stubble cycles. Usually I like to go clean shaven, but sometimes I let it grow out a little bit. But, you know, sometimes I'm often mistaken for somebody in their mid-20s. I've been told that if I went to bars, I'd never get carded. 
I think I think you were born ready to be out of college. And I always felt that way for myself. I personally I was just I was ready to just be in the world. Yeah. And well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but I'll push back on that. And since I'm, I learned so much stuff in my freshman and sophomore year because of the pandemic and how that rearranged how I saw relationships, the way I thought in high school and the way I think now completely different. So I wasn't necessarily ready for the real world, but I guess I had the tools to maybe shed my childhood and my adolescence quicker because of the circumstances. That's really interesting. Do you think that that happened for other people also? I'm sure it did. It's sometimes, you know, some people when they're confronted with excruciating circumstances, they either double down on what they currently believe and that may be good or bad. That's not inherently wrong or other people may change. That's also not inherently right or wrong for me. I'm the type of person who will adapt to whatever's going going on in my life. And, you know, if I'm struggling with, you know, I kind of struggled with inter-social relationships in my freshman and sophomore year. You know, I'm sure I wasn't the only one, but from that, I you know, re rewrote what I thought was important. You know, in high school, I had my really close group of friends. I didn't have them anymore in college. So mm -hmm. I had to find out, okay, how, how am I going to satisfy my needs for personal connection? Right now, I think I have a pretty good system going with Nicole being the person I spend the most time with. And I have friends who I associate with in school and the radio station. And that's something you build as you mature. Yeah. And it takes time and, and you're not going to be friends with everybody just yeah. like in life no matter where you are. And so it sounds like you're so insightful and you're learning that you'll be friends with the people that you're supposed to be friends with. And then it's, it's a quality over quantity. Yeah. And it's also don't be the person who intentionally burns bridges. You never know, especially in the communications business, you never know when that person you were mean to that one time will hold a grudge for 20 years. And then they're your hiring manager. And then you don't get the job because they'll say, well, you were mean to me that one time. So, you know, kick rocks, walk out the door. So that's something I've mm -hmm. come to grow into as well. It's also, you know, don't cross anybody for no reason. There's no reason to trust your knee-jerk reactions. If, you know, if somebody's mean to you one time, don't let that sit. You know, unless somebody's really, you have to cut them off. And I've had to cut off a couple people in my life. If you don't have to do that, don't do that. It's always better to try and extend a handshake than to take it away because it's, it takes a lot more effort to forgive after time than it does to forgive in the moment. I totally agree. And I, since I was young, since I was still young, but since I was a little girl, <laughs> my mom would always say to me, just be nice to everybody yeah. because you never know. And even if someone wasn't the nicest, just kill them with kindness. And it's okay if it's not, you know, cause I'm all about being authentic, but it's okay in that situation because it's better than having this negative energy and you do want to be, you want to be a likable person. So, you know, it's just better to rise above and be the bigger person. Yeah. Common courtesy. It's really simple. I think at its, at its core, it's all about having emotional intelligence and recognizing when you're letting your emotions take the wheel. I'm somebody who really values logic over emotion, but I understand the need to trust what you feel inside and don't let cold rationalization guide you all the time. It's a mixture of both. You got to find that balance in your life and how you handle your relationships. It's different for every person. But for me, I tend to understand the logic behind being nice to everybody or at least being courteous to everybody. Even if you're not particularly fond of somebody, there's no reason to let it show because then that displays that you're overly emotional and you can't hide your true feelings. And 
you know, if you want to really succeed, you can't be somebody who everyone has a target on the back of. It's like, well, this person, I, I know he doesn't like that person. I know he doesn't like me. I know he doesn't like this person. You can't have that hit list showing. If you have a hit list, keep it private. And try to avoid having a hit list as much. Yeah, as exactly. Know. Exactly. Uh, well, one thing that you were saying that's so interesting that I talk about all the time is to not let, to not listen to the you were saying logic and emotions, but I, I I call it not listening to your ego, which is your mind, but more trusting your heart and your feelings and your and which is the truth. So dropping from your head to your heart, and because when we follow our our feelings and our heart and our emotions, that is that I believe is our compass, our intuition that leads us more than the fear based um, lies and just it's just not true what comes from the the ego. Yeah. This most decisions, theory. most decisions don't require you to go to the ego because they're inherently decisions that are just based on your values, which are things that are so ingrained in you that you don't really need to consult your brain for that. Yes. You know, if you're somebody who just values saying hi to somebody, you don't have to go like, okay, well, if I say hi to this person now, I have to say hi to them the next five times I see them. And I don't really want to invest that energy. Like yeah. that's, that's just superfluous. That'll get you nowhere. That's just, it, it's something that's ingrained in you. If you be, if you're a kind person openly, you'll do that without even having to think about it. And that's most decisions in life. It's yeah. It's every decision. It's when you're dating, you don't exactly. I always say you don't need to consult everybody in this world, your aunt, your cousin, your best friend. You don't even need to consult the, the ego because mm. the heart is what knows the answer, what knows what's best for you, what's right for you. you feel it. I mean, you know it, it's a knowing, but it's not a thinking thing. It's a feeling thing. Exactly. It's something that you, it's thought, but it's not active thought. It's the stuff that simmers in the background and comes to the surface when the situation calls for it. If you're going through a tough time, like Nicole and I have had one serious dispute, but there was never an inclination within me to say, all right, that's it. I'm just going to give up because there was something in me that said there's potential here. This is something that can be worked out. You know, it looks kind of bleak now, but give it a week. You know the type of person you are. You're the person who will do their best to win her back in the sense of show her that you've moved on and changed from what upset her. You'll do that. But for somebody else who, you know, in a similar situation, they might not feel that need to win the person back because they say, well, you know, the reason we're having this fight, it's just irreconcilable and I want to move on for X, Y, and Z reasons. And again, it's all about knowing what's best for you and rationalizing it through your actions. And you are more confident than other guys, not cocky, but you know yourself because other guys to protect themselves with their insecurities might just say, well, screw this relationship and they would get a different one, but you see the value in it and you're not afraid just to be yourself and just to say, you want to work on it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's something that you, you discover, I mean, for me, it was, I was just so, you know, hurt after, you know, putting investment into these, I just to use a very basic term, these hookups. And I was like, well, I'm not that person. It's okay if you are, but that's not me. And I know that I can do better for myself. I can treat myself better than going through the same cycle every couple months. And you're confident enough to have a relationship. Just do it, you know, just find the person who, you know, relates to you, you get along with super well, and then do your best. Be who you are. So eventually, somebody will be attracted to the authentic self and your, you being vulnerable about your insecurities and what keeps you up at night. Because somebody will say, listen, it's okay. You know, our 
strengths and weaknesses plug the holes in each other. Exactly. And that is the person that you want to be with. You want to be with someone who sees you and hears you and accepts you and loves you for everything that you are. Yeah. Even, and it goes down to the tiniest idiosyncrasies about who you are. Like, 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 for example, like when Nicole and I cuddle, I have to cuddle her on the left side or else if we do it on the other side, it's weird. And it it just doesn't feel right. And it's something as small as that where you just, yeah, it's cute, but it's also something that it's, it's, it's that level. It's that level of, okay, I know this person and we are so in tune and we're not a, not a, not a creature of habit, but we are in line with what we know is right that we don't we don't let things slip past us whether it's the side we're cuddling on or if if it's a stray comment or just a sudden change in behavior we notice things that is adorable um okay so one question before we um before we wrap up and i well two more questions um with the whole Me Too movement what are your thoughts on do you feel like men in general or, or younger no you don't know nobody knows every man in this world but <laughs> what are your thoughts on do you feel like men really have respected the me too movement and there have been changes and men are respecting women more or not so much well it's such a loaded question i interviewed brooks barnes he's a writer for the new york times and he wrote about me too five years after weinstein was you know discovered to be doing all these awful things and he said in the business side, it's a mixed bag where you've seen effort, but at the same time, when it comes to especially diversity in film or in film awards, there's still a lot of progress. So I think at an industry level, it's something that needs to continue to develop. We, that The verdict's still out on that one. The jury's still out. But when it comes to the small, smaller scale, the, the fact that, oh, look at all these terrible things that some of the most powerful men in the world are doing to women and how normalized it is, I think... There's a lot of guys who obviously are not these terrible people and it just reinforces that, you know, I'm treating women right and I'm doing this and I'm doing it for them. And that's great. And there are some guys who maybe realize that some of their behaviors just because they're so normalized, it didn't even occur to them that maybe what they were doing was incorrect. And again, I can't speak for everybody, but I know for me, especially in radio, I'll tell you this little anecdote as an example where I have mostly female co-hosts and you know, I think you can all hear from this, everybody. I like to hear myself talk, but it's it's important that especially when you have diverse voices on the air, you let give everyone a shot. So what I've gotten into the habit of doing and I've done it, whether I'm because I'm a manager on the radio station, I'm a manager in student government, too. I'm the communications chair. I make sure everyone has input. I always I if I'm reading the overview of a story, I go, OK, I told you guys what it's about. I'm going to give you each a crack at it. You know, I make it egalitarian. In a meeting, I make sure everyone has an opportunity to speak, especially the voices that people may overlook, maybe the people who aren't as confident when they speak. I want to make sure everyone has a chance to be heard because I think that's what Me Too is really about. It was an example of a movement of people saying, well, you know, I want to be heard. My story should be heard with regards to what was going on in the entertainment industry. And I think at a more small, you know, interpersonal level, it's also an example of, okay, don't let the same, you know, cis white dude voices dominate the room let everyone have a chance to speak. And I think that transcends any notion of identity or label. Just have an example of cooperation that doesn't involve one person hogging up all the airspace. Yes. Thank you so much. That was, that was a very insightful answer. And I like that you're saying that it kind of starts with just treating everyone fairly regardless of the situation. And I would 
I would hope that even though the we're not seeing as much of the stuff in the media currently, you know, it had its time that men still know how to behave and how to treat and respect women. So I would hope, I feel like I don't talk about this enough on my show, um, but I think it really is something that like, if we don't keep talking about it, then the behavior is going to continue. And it's also like what I'm hearing you say is that this also is about women's empowerment and using our voices. Yeah. And the, and the radio example, but I also think the proof is in the pudding. If you're a guy who has had a stable relationship and both of you are happy, you're clearly an example of somebody who treats your partner. Well, honestly, it goes for any relationship in general, woman and man, man and man, woman and woman, any for anything. If you treat the other person well and they're treating you well and you're both happy, that's an example of somebody who knows how to just respect their, uh, their partner. And that's really the crux of it. It's just all about respect and it's not complicated. It's stuff that you just have to understand at the most basic level, mutual respect. And so if you are in a respectful relationship, be the, be the model. So I yeah. think you, like, you're such a wonderful cause you are, you're a public figure <laughs> and you have this influence. And so for you and you are displaying and eventually you're going to have more power than you do now, you know? And so I hope so. Well, for you, of course you will <laughs> power success, whatever you want to call it. Um, so for you to be such a wonderful man is such a, is so amazing because you're going to be such a good model for younger men and, and older men also. <laughs> I try my best, Jamie. You're doing a wonderful job. Um, okay. So the final question, and you've, you've definitely, I think you've definitely covered a lot of this, but it's maybe I'll just say like, what's your most important. So one of my questions was, what are the lessons that you've learned from relationships? But it sounds like you've learned a lot. So maybe like, yeah. what's the most important thing that you've learned um, just about relationships? It's just when you're, when you're having doubt and you're going through a transition of thought about whether what you want is really what you want. It's really important to not isolate yourself. It's the biggest mistakes I've made were when I curled up in a ball and I didn't talk to anybody and nobody knew what was going on. And a day goes by and they're like, we haven't seen you all day. And I'm in my bed all day because I'm just so distraught over, you know, what maybe happened to me and my latest failure with a woman. And it's and this was this was two years ago now. It's hard to believe that it was so long ago, but. What you really have to do is understand that there are people in this world that no matter what you do, if you come to them and saying, listen, I, I screwed up, I'm broken, I'm not doing well, however dramatic you may be being or not, they will they will say, it's okay, let's talk about it. You know, the biggest mistake I ever made was leaving my parents out of the loop with anything, whether things were going well or things were going poorly. If you have a good relationship with your parents, don't isolate them. If you have a good relationship with a best friend, don't isolate them. And especially if things are going wrong with your partner, the worst thing you could possibly do is start making decisions by yourself with the implications that, you know, they may really damage this relationship. And, you know, everyone knows everybody. It may damage other relationships, you know, through, you know, through whether you know it or not. So don't do things alone. You don't have to bear any of your burdens alone. Obviously, there are some burdens you have to think about reflexively and not not let any other factors get in the way of your decision. But if you're going through a tough time, there's always an outlet for help. And for me, because I have a good relationship with my parents, should have really talked to them more. I'm sure they would have offered at least comfort, even if their advice doesn't really line up with what you need. 
the comfort is all you could ask for from somebody who can help you during a tough time. So things are going well or things are going poorly, find help and seek advice. Yeah. And just, and share your life. Yeah. And share your life with your partner because they care. A good partner should be invested in what you do and you should be invested in what they do. Nicole really doesn't like, like this is the hilarious thing. I think this is a really good final thought. Nicole does not like listening to audio. She doesn't like podcasts. She loathes getting up at six in the morning to listen to me on the radio, but she does because at the end of the day, her and I, her and I love each other. And that's what love is. You do things that you might not otherwise do because your partner is doing them. And for her, I support her when she does her events on campus. She's the president of the residence hall association. So I always make sure I go to her events. I always support what she's doing. Even though if I didn't know who I wouldn't be doing these things, I do them because I love her and that's what her and I, understand about each other we'll support each other in our endeavors you want to be each other's biggest fans exactly and feel supported 100 once again i'm blown away by you you're amazing huh. thank you jamie um okay so how can people find you tell us how pe people can listen to all the shows that you're on you're on a lot of shows yeah so wrhu.org that is wrhu.org you can listen anywhere online I'm on the Monday morning show this semester. That is 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern time on Monday. So go on WHU.org for that. Uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at DannyD330, D-A-N-N-Y-D-330. And I have a website with all my work, uh, DannyDCrescenzo.com. Uh, and that's just, that has my interviews. Uh, Jamie, I think our interview is actually on there. Um, I'll double check, but it should be. And I also have productions I've done and live things I've done and writing I've done and my own personal podcast that I'll be starting back up soon. Fingers crossed. But yeah, so follow me, follow me on Instagram, check out the website and listen to WRHU. Even if I'm not on, it's a great radio station. I never would have become the leader and the broadcaster I am today without Hofstra's crown jewel of his communication school. And the weekend thing that you do. Oh yeah. And WABC. Yeah. I'll be on, I'm on most weekends, uh, still finalizing the shift schedule. But obviously, listen to me at the top of every hour on WABC. That's just WABCradio.com, 77 WABC. And if you pick the right weekend, you'll hear me at the top of the hour. And I've gone in early. I've done the early shift, 6 a.m., and that's a 2 a.m. wake up. So I'm not, I'm not somebody who doesn't love it. Oh, yes. You are a, definitely a hard worker, and you have such passion for what you do. And I'm just I'm so impressed. And if anybody's watching this who wants to hire Danny at some point, <laughs> this is audio, video. I mean, he's a very handsome man, everybody. So <laughs> thank you, Jamie. You're welcome. So you you don't have a face for radio. I mean, you have a face for TV. You do radio. <laughs> he can do both. He can do everything. <laughs> Maybe you'll be producing your own TV show or radio show someday. You never know. Well, let's hope. That's that's the goal. You know, have my own platform and have my own show to just talk about whatever I want, the creative freedom. That's it's going to happen. Please ask me to be a guest. Oh, I definitely will. I'd be happy to. Yeah, I'm next. You, I asked you, you asked me, and now it's my turn. And then you'll come back <laughs> on my turn again. Show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll keep exactly. switching up. And then one of these yeah. days we'll meet in person. For sure, yeah. Well, thank you so much. And everybody can always find me at therelationshipexpert.com. So, Danny, you are, I mean, extraordinary. I haven't said that word yet. You really <laughs> are um, such a good model for all men in this world, for business relationships, just everything. You're, and you're a good person. You're a wonderful soul, a wonderful person. So just 
keep that up. Never lose that authentic, beautiful self that you are. Thank you, Jamie. It means a lot coming from you. I have a lot of respect for what you do as well. And I obviously I sought you out because I know you're the best. Thank you. You're so sweet. So thank you for joining me today. And thank you everybody for joining me every week. Love Talk Live at 2 p.m. Pacific on LA Talk Radio. Have a wonderful evening, everyone. Thank you so much. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio.